you for being here and tuning in to Side Talks Podcast, where we talk about movies. Who are you? I am Corey Kraft. I wasn't planning to talk like this, but when in Rome. It's a requirement now. I'm Rachel Morgan, and this is a podcast. <laughs> What's this shit? I'm being so kind today. That was really reserved. Was really reserved. Really kind of me. I think because of the film that I kind of caught myself in that I'm going to describe to you and you're going to try to guess. And that you might guess pretty quickly, but you might not. Did Do you, do you like this film? Did it leave you in a good oh, mood? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to match its little tone. It's a little uh, kind, little sweet little tone. Okay. This is a different kind of film. Okay. It is still shit, but All it is right. a different kind of shit. And so I'm just sort of drop myself into this thing and and so get your mind away from what the normal fare is okay. and start thinking a little different. I'm not going to tell you who's in this because I think the minute I mention the two two of the leads here, you're going to be like, boom, I've got it. Or at least you're going to narrow it down to a few things. Okay. So those are some of your basic clues. I, I enter the scene and there's some romantical music. Mm. Yeah. And it's a man and a woman, and they're shopping for flowers. Mm. And the conversation turns to a how did you meet, right? So I think the a woman is asking the, the gentleman how did they meet, and the, and the story there is that they met in college in which he was a bookworm, and the woman that he met in college was wild and did some kind of underground gambling. Um, it's around this point that I begin to notice how weird the pacing is. And how it feels like nothing I've ever experienced in my life. There, it is. It is very far removed from reality and the way people move through the world. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, the the woman in this in this two folks shopping for for flowers partnership uh, suddenly sees a couple across the flower store, even though it's all outside the flower garden, and uh, sort of tries to hide behind her her male companion. And, of course, that causes her to then have a spaz out. She's spazzing and sort of knocking over things. And and then the couple sees her and comes up and they're introduced to one another. And I think at this point, the gentleman friend of her says, how do you how do you know each other? And it's revealed that she knows them because it was her fiance and his high school girlfriend. And they got caught making out at, I think, a rehearsal dinner or something. Jeez. And, oh, by the way, the woman's pregnant. The woman that's there that's – you don't know what this is. Um, I bet I bet you there are some folks out there right now who totally know what this is. Well, this sounds like it could be many different romantic comedies. Yeah, it's definitely a romantic comedy, yes. Ding, ding, um, ding. So is this a recent romantic comedy? Last 20, I Last think. 20. I think, I think. Mm. It feels like it could have been made a couple of years ago, though. Sure, in that bad way. Yeah, you're gonna have to tell me who the actors are. J Lo and McConaughey. Oh, so this is the wedding planner. This is the wedding planner. Okay, I've never seen this. Okay, well yeah. then you probably so wouldn't get it. I I wouldn't have gotten even though you it could without kind of get a part. I was what yeah. I was dancing around was it was clearly even though I I don't I think I have actually seen this, but I have not seen it in a long time. It was clearly they're shopping for flowers. What, she's for the wedding, wedding planner. Right. He, and I didn't want to say that, gotcha. that that was what was happening. And I mean, shocker! Guess what's going on between these two? Right. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's what that shit is. Yeah. So yeah, I'd never seen this, but I guess that is the is that the only movie they've made together. She was in a lot of like that I romantic know. comedies 
at the beginning of the the 2000s. Oh, queen of it. Um, queen of it. I, I, I think the only one I saw was Made in Manhattan, Oof. where she's a maid in Manhattan. Right. And she falls in love with Rafe Fiennes, which she is weird. She does, which is, which is very weird. And under circumstances that leads him to believe that she's, you know, on his level. Right. And not a hotel maid. Oops. Um you know, that looks like, that happens to look like J-Lo. And so anyway, yeah, this, I, I kind of feel like on a, if we have a scale of shit mm-hmm. and, you know, you're sort of at this, 10 is the worst shit you've ever seen. Then mm, I think that on that scale, the wedding planner is a little lower okay. than Made in Manhattan. Really? Okay. I think so. She, well, she's wearing, she's wearing glasses in the poster for this movie. Yeah. That means she's smart. Yeah. So, you know, she's not just Jenny There's from that. the block. There's that. She will always be. She will always be just Jenny from the block. Okay, Get I'm right. sorry. I'm Get sorry, right. everybody. Right. I'm sorry. I'd like to apologize right. for that. For over one million years, Rachel and Corey have talked. And now they share with you one of the greatest accomplishments of all time. Their list of the top 200 films. Well, Rachel, we are back with another installment in our top 200 movies of all time. Edging up on 100. That's right. Very quickly. So we are at 112 through 105 today. Yep. So I'm going to kick things off Please. with my number 112. A relatively recent first time viewing for me, but but one that, that immediately rocketed uh, well up my list when yeah. I saw it. Claire Denise, uh 1999 film, Beau Travail. Yeah, um, nice. Uh, which is a wonderful movie, an adaptation of uh, the Herman Melville story, Billy Budd, um, with a lot of music from the Benjamin Britten uh, operatic adaptation of that story as well. Um, I love this movie. It has one of the best endings of all time. Okay. Okay. Well, my 112 is going to shake some folks up out there from 2016. It is La La Land. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. But I found this film to be a real delight. I really enjoyed myself watching it. Now, granted, I will say, let me just let me preface this by saying I found myself very late in its theatrical run at one of those very giant cinemas. Yeah. And with nobody else in the room. And I sat smack dab in the middle of a very large room at a multiplex and watch this all alone. And that made it especially enjoyable. I think this movie is delightful too. So no argument here. Uh, My number 111 is a film by Spike Lee, an undersung masterpiece of his from 2002, 25th hour starring Edward Norton, the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman and Barry Pepper. Um, It's just one of the, one of his best movies. It holds up splendidly rewatched it since the pandemic. Um, Maybe Edward Norton's best performance. Certainly one of Spike's best movies. Yeah. Um, a real great, great movie. One that doesn't come up a lot. Well, my 111 is one that we talk about frequently, and that is Mad Max Fury Road. Hey, no argument from me. Great course movie. Not. Of course not. Um, 110 for me, a film by The Archers, Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger. I think it's from 1941. It's called A Matter of Life and Death, hmm. with David Niven as an RAF pilot who... Um, survives a crash landing, 
um, though he was supposed to have died and gone to this really wonderfully realized um, black and white afterlife. Um, so the thing becomes almost like a courtroom drama um, with the uh, forces of the afterlife prosecuting their case as to why he should um, – well, he should be dead, and yeah. the forces of the living uh, counter-arguing against that. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Cool. Well, my 110 is from your boys, the Coen brothers, uh, 1996's Fargo. Uh, we're going to hear about that considerably oh, later on I my figured, list. I figured. I figured. And you know what? It probably would be higher up mine, except the thing that happens with the Coens, with a lot of their films, not all of them, but a lot of them, are just that – repetition of 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 quotes and seeing it and it being so much becoming a texture of pop culture but it it kind of turns me off of them but this is a great film and i was very excited upon first viewing this and it's also one that i think captures a lot of folks because it's one that i love but also like my mom loves just as much so it, it meets this you know this sort of this line which this this line where folks who don't necessarily like the same kind of content kind of come together on yeah. this one. Overquoted. the heck do you mean Oh, boy. Is that your buddy over there on the wood chipper? Uh, <laughs> my number 109 uh, is a film from Joel and Ethan Cohen. <laughs> oh, wow. Who are they? Uh, yeah, you might never, have heard of them. Never hit any uh, of It is, in fact, the first of two Joel and Ethan Cohen movies in this installment yeah. for me. Um, I, I know. We talk about them a lot, but only because they're my favorite filmmakers. Um, this one is from 2013, Inside Lewin Davis, with Oscar Isaac um, as the titular down-on-his-luck folk singer whose luck just keeps getting worse. You know, um, I, en- I enjoyed that film in some ways. I would not put that film on a list. I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm, it's intriguing to me that you did. Somewhere my wife um, is yelling at you. Because that's, really that's, that's, I think, her favorite Coen Brothers movie. That is really interesting. A uh, little, little, I wouldn't even call it a cameo, a little performance there from Justin Timberlake, which I appreciate. Yep. Anyway. You're 109. Yeah. That was hard to follow just because I'm so thrown by it. Um, <laughs> very different film here uh, from 2011. We need to talk about Kevin. Ooh. Man, it's mean. It's so good, though. Man, Lynn Ramsey, the great Lynn Ramsey. The great Lynn Ramsey. And I actually, at some point, I'm probably going to dig into my list and move this back at some much higher up into the 100s. Yeah. It, it is not a kind film. It is a very fucked up film. But I do love it. So Tilda um, is the best. Yeah. Uh, my number 108 is a film you may have heard of from 1973 called The Exorcist by William Friedkin. What? Really? Yeah. That little sleeper. Uh, one of the best horror movies ever made, yeah, needless pretty to wild. say. Pretty wild. Uh, my one – and uh, Pitch – I mean that one's a tough one to watch. I will say I'm a big fan of horror. Really, really love it. But damn, that one will – it is not – like, that's not I, a fun ride in my see, opinion. See, I hear that and I find this to be – an eminently rewatchable movie, yeah. but maybe that's just because my brain is broken. Yeah. Um, my, my one Oh eight is one that we have fought about before and that you don't like very much. And that is the Darjeeling limited. It's it just still amazes me. I guess like inside Lou and Davis being the yeah. Coen brothers movie, you wouldn't expect to see on a list. That's just the one I don't ex- I expect to see on a list from Anderson. I, I still, like I still owe you a rewatch. I just haven't I, done it yet. I rewatched it recently and and just to ensure that I really liked it and I do and, and Angelica Houston is yeah. the one that wraps it up in a bow for me. Hmm. Okay. I mean, can't complain about that. Um Angelica Houston, you got no complaints to bring it back to Fargo. Yeah. Um 
one oh seven for me is is um, Paul Thomas Anderson's Punch Drunk Love with Adam Great Sandler. Film. Yeah, great fucking film. What what can you say about it? I mean, a million things. Yeah, uh, but we won't. Uh, my one oh seven is another one we could talk for a long time about, and that we've quoted a great deal from on our hundredth episode. Mud is the lighthouse. <laughs> yep. Hark! Oh, it's so good. A uh, beautiful movie in a you know again distressing way yes um 106 i i don't know if this is this is a movie that was not well received when it was first released except by a couple of weirdos who banded around it and proclaimed it rightfully as the masterpiece that it is um i don't know what its reputation really is anymore. Uh, Needless to say, this filmmaker, though, doesn't exactly need people defending him. It's one of Steven Spielberg's unappreciated movies. It is, of course, AI artificial intelligence. I love AI. Oh, good. Good, good, because it's the best. I love AI. I think it's pretty great. I think it has Kubrick's fingerprints all over it, but I do do love this film. It's probably why it's one of my favorite Spielberg films. It is going to land on my list. Um, I, I like it a lot. It is, um, it is not my favorite Spielberg spoiler alert, um, because Spielberg is going to pop up a couple more times on my list, but it's probably in my top five. I mean, it's an amazing movie. I find it deeply sad. Yeah. Yeah. But also just really wonderful. Um, and it, I, what I appreciate about it is it, it, it is a little more nihilistic than any other Spielberg really. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a nihilistic film, but I, it, touches in that in a way that Spielberg doesn't usually It really is quite dark and I do think that that is one of the things that threw people upon its first release and and obviously as you approach the ending of that movie there are some disparate elements thrown in um, and the film kind of doesn't really hold your hand as to what those things mean Um, and it's it's, it, it goes in some really dark troubling places that are wrapped up in Spielberg style sentimentality. That's true. And another great ending. Oh yeah. Uh, the bear in this thing just, uh, it, it fascinates me. Yeah. Anyway, great film. I don't disagree. You are going to fully disagree with my one Oh six here and you're going to probably get a little mad about it. And Sam, I kind of feel like maybe we take a note oh, here because I feel like this is one we're going to fight about. And I know it, I understand that it's problematic. I understand that it's on my list and I'm going to acknowledge some issues with this film. Whoa, where is this going? This is going to 16 Candles. Mm, I'm not going to fight about it because I've never seen it okay. still. This is still one I of those. I feel like that, you should watch it yeah. and let's fight because you're not – I don't think you're going to like it and I know what you're going to have issues with. Well – Which are some of the characters – I mean, look, there's some straight up racist stuff in this film. I'm hmm. not going to deny it. I'm not going to deny it. Uh, it, it I, and nothing I can say will make it okay. But it, it is it is on my list because of other things and I'm happy to talk through those. So the last okay. time – I mean you challenged me with a, a John Hughes movie was Pretty in Pink and then I, re- I watched Pretty in Pink last year for the first time and really enjoyed Pretty in Pink – I don't know. I we'll see. I, I'm going to challenge you to watch it okay. right now. Okay. This is from 1984. All right. See ya. Uh, Let me go put I'm it on. challenge you to watch it. I don't know that you're going to be able to get past the, 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 the I mean, I'll just say it. it's the, the, the long, dog, the, yeah, the long duck dong character. Yeah. I don't think you're going to be able to get past it. I'm, and, and there's some sort of, there's a really upsetting sexual predator, uh, some like predatory stuff, things that I, you, I wouldn't normally overlook. And, and I don't think I'm overlooking them. I think that this film hit at a particular time for me that, that has landed on its list in, in a lot of ways similar to Andy Hall, even though the issue isn't with the content so much as it, with, with Andy Hall as it is with something like Manhattan, right? right. Where, where, where Woody Allen's grooming us. 
Um, <laughs> so anyway, I, I'm I'm interested to hear what you think, and I I'm interested to to sort of form, f- formulate a better argument about this film, and maybe we'll revisit this. Well, rest assured that as someone with three or four Woody Allen movies yet Ooh. to come on my list, I'm not throwing stones at anybody. I hear that. Um, my number 105 is a film by Joel and Ethan Cohen, their best picture winning No Country for Old Men. Damn great film. It's the best. My 105 is a nasty, nasty film that uh, I have that kept coming to mind a lot during COVID. Uh, and that is a film called Wetlands. Oh my God. <laughs> yep. Yep. Why did this come to mind during COVID? I wonder. Well, if, yeah. You know, if you haven't seen this, it, it, our, our, our protagonist in this film is just set out to kind of go through the nastiness of the world and confront it head on and not be afraid to do things like really sit on a toilet seat. Mm. <laughs> and uh, it, it came up on my, it, it really has come up a lot enough during COVID that it landed on my list. Well, uh, that's understandable. Uh, make sure you have a strong stomach when you watch Wetlands, uh, because whoo. When I entered this at the festival, this is an alum film. Uh, when I entered this at the festival, I, I dared people to eat an egg salad sandwich. Well, I said, if you can eat an egg sal- salad sandwich while walking while watching this film, or anything else that you might find that you would normally eat, like a tuna fish sandwich or something you might normally eat, but that wouldn't, you know. And only you know, not in the grossest of circumstances. If you could do that and make it through this film, that I would give them twenty dollars. I had no takers. Yeah, I can't imagine why. <laughs> anyway, so that is uh, the latest installment of our top two hundred. We're gonna break into the top one hundred next time. Yeah, um, which we are. is crazy. I'm excited. Um, so as always, if you've heard something that you agree or disagree with, or you just want to share your own favorite movies of all time, email us at podcast at SidewalkFest.com. And now, Fast Film Terms. Wow. That's not lightning, that's Sonic the Hedgehog. That's film oh, terms. Film, film terms, terms, not Sonic the Hedgehog. You ready? Okay. Let's do it fast. All right. What are butterflies? They're insects with wings. They're pretty, aren't they? Yeah, beautiful colors. Yes. Oh, you know, this is not that. Okay. This is also known as overheads. And these are large, rectangular aluminum frames over which you and you being a grip uh-huh. right, can stretch a variety of materials to diffuse them. Oh, okay. And so you often see these big sort of things outside yeah. to diffuse, you know, big swaths of sunlight. I, I've seen these many times. Yeah. yeah. So that's what a butterfly I is. I had no idea. On set. Now here's another one. What's a bazooka? We're it's B and B here today. It's a deadly weapon um, that fires, I don't know, rockets. I'm All I know about bazookas come from like, NES games in the early 90s. Well, it's a little different than that. This is a very specifically a sort of soundstage kind of term. I would be interested to hear if, if they use the same term, uh, term in theater. Okay. Uh, my guess is yes, but, you know, sometimes those don't those terms don't cross over. And so what this is is a sort of a, a method of supporting lighting instruments over the edge of a catwalk in a soundstage. Oh. And, again, I would assume that's in a theater as well. Sure, yeah. And the catwalk itself is sort of portion of the soundstage actually has holes already already drilled in it uh-huh. in a traditional soundstage to allow for for that method to, to happen. For so them. it's just a method of mounting lights. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And okay. St- or and other instruments, you know, whatever you may do. You know, if you're if you're you know, I don't know, dropping something overhead, some feathers or something around you know, yeah. you can use it for that gotcha. purpose too. So it's not necessarily just lighting, but yes, that would be certainly would be the case. Cool. That's it. That's fast film terms. Well how about that? 
Well, thank you so much for listening to Side Talks. We're your own personal cinematic Steve Rubel and Ian Schrager. I don't know that. You don't know that at no. all? So those two gentlemen are the gentlemen that brought us Studio 54. Oh. And then later, hotels. But Studio 54 <laughs> is what they're very famous for. And, uh, you know, they got into a lot of trouble there. Yeah, Why? They didn't, they didn't what, pay what happened? Just didn't oh, pay the taxes. You know? Well, you know. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> well, and so is Dolly Parton with a horse. All right. Thanks, oh. Boutwell Studios. We appreciate you so much. Still stuck on the Dolly Parton on a horse thing. Don't understand <laughs> that at all. Um, check us out online at SidewalkFest.com or on social media at Sidewalk Film on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. A lot of information out there about cinema showtimes and the upcoming Sidewalk Film Festival to be held in August, in downtown Birmingham's it's theater exciting. district. Rachel, give us a scoop. What's happening with the Sidewalk Film Festival? Tell us something. Now, do it. There's going to be movies. Whoa! Everybody, can you believe it? Yeah, I'll give, you a little, I'll give another little secret. We are in multiple venues again, and many of those venues are ones that we've been in before. Woo! So it feels like a homecoming. Homecoming! So, yeah, we are very, very excited. It will be a, a bit of a different festival this year because, you know, global pandemics tend to do that. But uh, we are going to be happy to be watching films and rooms together. I am going to be happy to watch films at Sidewalk myself this August. You should join us, SidewalkFest.com, where you can find information on that. Thank you for listening Bye. to Side Talks. See ya. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.